travel around the world, and everywhere I go, they're saying that Dusty Rhodes is in the Metalytic area hollering, where's Ric Flair? The world champion, Slick Rick, has been traveling from one end of this world to the other, upholding the honor and the dignity woo, of the National Wrestling Alliance. And this, you see, this is what cranks me up. This is what motivates me. Woo! This is what drives the women wild. I like walking to the airport having them say, Woo! Here comes Slick Rick. And they're also going to say, There's the man to beat the dream for a million. Woo! Welcome to the Wrestling House Show. Thanks a lot, everybody, for joining us out there. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. All right, Chris, it's time for Starcade 84. Yes, it is. Money, 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 money. Lots of money on the line. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that's that's how it goes. Flare for the gold, and now it's flare for the money. Uh, Something like that. I don't yeah, have a great tagline uh, for it. We'll money in the bank that. comes down later we'll down the right. line, too. Yeah, we'll but, Let's. Uh, I'll go ahead and do a programming note here, as as we do at the top of these shows. If you have not seen Starcade '84, I'll warn you in advance. We're giving match spoilers, results, all that you know, all that fun stuff there. And I will go ahead and ask the question right off the bat because of the fact that we do spoilers. Chris, do you mm. feel in your heart of hearts in your wrestling fandom, right? Do you feel like people should pause this show, go and watch it top to bottom? Or, or do you think this is one of those shows where we need to inform about where to cherry pick? Is this is this a good uh, spending of three hours of your life, as even as a wrestling fan? How, where are you at with, yeah. with Starcade '84? I am. I don't regret spending the three hours, but it felt like a long three hours to me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. There were some good matches on the show, but the over under for good versus bad is way to. I wouldn't say bad necessarily. Yeah, just kind of okay. Just okay. And in this era, it's like okay is like this is kind of a tv match yeah it's tv quality match if that makes any sense yeah because i don't want to say anything there, there weren't i don't think there was a bad match really there, mm. i'd say there's one match that's yeah. pretty bad two two yeah and yeah. that's pretty average yeah. for that's par for the course so yeah. this i think this is an average show so i don't but i don't think it's necessary for you to stay completely away from spoilers i think go ahead and listen and then we'll tell you the ones to seek out to, to take a look at these couple matches on the show. Right. Sounds good to me. So let's get down to it. It is a year later from Starcade 83. This is number two at the time, considered to be the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. Yes. Sold out show. They're claiming 18,000 attended this thing, in, uh, I believe, in Greensboro. Greensboro Coliseum. And November 22nd, 1984, once again, we have Gordon Soley and Bob Cottle in the booth calling the show and Tony Schiavone in the back doing less interviews this time but yeah. he's, he's still there i'm fine with i'm fine with less yeah, less, less giovanni is always better i think yeah for for me yes <laughs> so kicking off with the first match here i mean we don't have any fanfare or that I mean people are already in the ring this is kind of how these yeah. shows go it, not quite <laughs> as much as the first one where it just started like the match was practically already in progress when the show came up they had the bell for yeah. the first one. <laughs> but um but yeah, like every almost every match had some sort of stipulation or something Title. on the line or something going on when in it. And the first match is no exception. It's for the world's junior heavyweight title. It is Denny Brown versus the champion Mike Davis. Yeah. Were you familiar with either of these guys before uh, seeing this? Honestly, no. And mm -hmm. I, I can I, I do very well in the wrestling name game, but yeah. uh, these two names have never uh come out of my mouth you you've been you've witnessed all these games so yeah no no knowledge of them i i even said that i think it was who was the blonde one the blonde one was mike davis the champ okay. he looks like a uh, a smaller nick bockwinkle and denny mm -hmm. looks like a like kind of like a tommy rogers type so okay, that, that's yeah. immediately what I saw when the bell rang. Right. But they had a nice little match there. It was fine. I, yeah. I mean, when you see, 
I guess for me and probably you as well, when you hear junior heavyweight, I think of like the Japanese junior heavyweights, yeah. and I think of flying and amazing cruiserweight stuff. title. Yeah. yeah, and this wasn't that. It was good. These yeah. were just smaller guys having a wrestling match. Yeah, it, there wasn't a whole. There wasn't flying or things like that. Yeah, it was a weird, weird point in the match where Denny tumbles out. It's a, it's a bad fall anyway. It's not it's, a bad fall as in like ooh. It's a yeah. bad fall as in like it's just funny and awkward looking. It's a little over the top and it wasn't <laughs> believable looking. And then uh, dude like held the ring open for or the ropes yeah. open for him to get in the ring. Like patted him on the back. Mike Davis uh, patted him on the back. Let let him get back in the ring clean and like sat down on the middle rope, held it open for yeah. him. And he's smarting on his back. Yeah. And then what does he do? He picks him up, and gives him a backbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Which yeah. is almost cooler than punching him in the face when he goes through the ropes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's less of a dick move, yeah, but it's, it's still it, a dick move. It's not a cheap. No, no, <laughs> it's not a cheap shot. I mean, it's no. a it's a wrestling match. It's yeah. what you do. Yeah, like if say, he had punched him outside the ring, that's cheap shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just, I just laughed when yeah. I saw that. Just yeah. like, huh, okay, it's not, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's it's all fair, right? Yeah, and first among many in finishes in the show that are kind of like, oh. Okay, or some something was up with the finish with this one too. Yeah. So it was. About... I almost I almost fell for the bait and switch, which I never do yeah. anymore with this move, and I've seen this move tons of times. Yeah, uh, but... Mike Davis gives Denny Brown a belly to back suplex. He bridges it for the pin. Uh, the refs counting towards three. Denny Brown gets one shoulder up. The ref counts two three. Rings the bell, and Mike Davis thinks he has won the match. He gets up all excited, but nope. Denny Brown is the champ because in the bridge, Mike Davis failed to get his shoulders up. Apparently. That's a Hebner call. Yeah. (laughs) So, but I I, I actually backed that call and that was it. It was, it just took a few minutes and then it was over. Yeah. And there's your opening match. I, uh, as far as like the last Starcade opener was that tag match with the Assassins. Mm-hmm. Hate that one. I don't know. That's a. Those are two different matches. I can't even do that anymore. I'm not <laughs> yeah. even gonna like compare the two years. Yeah, it's, it's not even. The production is about the same. The production level is about the same. A little bit of improvement. I, I noticed some improvement Slightly. there. A uh, lot less blood and a lot more money in titles. <laughs> yeah, they seem to have their act a little bit more together as far as like production, I guess. Yeah, no mic they, failures. Yeah, this time, they knew where they were going. They they didn't have to go back to the booth to stall for time because they weren't ready. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of '83. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. they're getting better. Yeah. Um, What's next? Going right along, moving right along is just one of the few matches with nothing added to it. It's Mr. Ito versus Brian Adidas. Although you informed me that they incorrectly announced him. His real name is Brian Adidas. Yes. And that's, once again, from his world-class championship wrestling lineage. Brian Adidas was a consummate babyface, and I know him very well. And, yeah, they say Adidas. They even have him billed as Adidas in other matches prior to this in NWA. But oh, really? That was completely false, and I. It seems like he just was like not gonna rock the boat. I guess maybe they just called him that like the first time, and he just stuck. Like just go with it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm sure he's dealt with that his whole life. Yeah, but Brian Adias and yeah, Mr. Ito, not Mr. Saito, which I think is neat. That should have been a tag team. Saito and Ito. Yeah, it's it rolls off the tongue. Sure, <laughs> great shirt. Sure, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, this was a. You get up to go to the microwave. It's like I say, microwave match. This yeah. was a microwave match. Yeah, got it at four minutes even. Oh wow! On the yeah. on the Doctor Stats Wikipedia page. There. <laughs> These first few matches were all kind of short, really yeah. short-ish, I guess. But yeah, this one was really short um, and really fun finish for me. Anyway, um, first time I've ever seen it. <laughs> I've seen this move. Yeah, but I've never seen it finish a guy, and I love that stuff. I don't care how old the match is. Yeah. I'm gonna pop for that every time. Uh, Brian Adias gets Mr. Ito up in an airplane spin, spins him around a few times, throws him down to the mat. One, two, three, and that's it. That's a textbook airplane spin too. Mm-hmm. I'm not even trying to be funny and ironic, yeah. like. You're training, that's the one you watch. The way he let him down, right. the whole thing. Unless yeah. you're going to do some crazy power slam afterwards. Right. That is a perfect <laughs> airplane spin. It got the Duke. No complaints. Yeah. I yeah. totally love that. So, yeah. immediately I'm like, this is this. It is the one of the best short matches you could possibly watch, maybe ever. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but it was yeah, it was it was fine. It was good. It was kind of lopsided. Adidas yeah. kind of fair enough. Yeah, rolled over Ito. Yeah, 
that, that's that is kind of weird because you know it seemed like he would be the aggressor, but he was almost anything yeah. Because he's really. like he's kind of bigger and kind of mean looking. He's got the long dark hair in his face. Yeah. He's not wearing shoes, so that means he's like a savage or yeah. some kind of crazy guy. Because yeah. he doesn't exactly. have boots or shoes on. Yeah, just no makeup. Right. Maybe maybe that was his downfall. Maybe know, so. so. Yeah. <laughs> moving yeah. along. Moving yeah. along. I didn't want to talk about this match any longer than we definitely talked about it longer yeah, than the yeah, actual yeah, match itself, which is always yeah. funny. Second title match of the night is up next. It was the Florida State title match. Uh, Mike Graham versus the champion at the time, Jesse Barr. Yeah, and I'm like losing my mind during the intro of this match because I'm like, I know that name. And then it started off with, this can't possibly be Art Barr's brother. Uh, And you know, it's one of those things I have ingrained in my head. I'm Mm. like... Well, our bar has got to be at least a little, you know, Mexican because of all the work he did over there. But okay. he's, but it's like it's it's like what Jesse Ventura says. He's uh-huh. he's kind of a Texican, like because yeah. <laughs> because right. you know from where he's he's sure. from, like he's right there on the border. Yeah. So he, you know, there's a little bit of that in there culturally. It has to be. So it, oh, it kind yeah, of rubs yeah. off on you. And you know the Guerreros were the same way. Obviously, yeah. that's a little more obvious. So right. I'm not gonna dig a racial hole here because that's not my intention. <laughs> To get to the point here, like I'm like, okay, this can't be Art Bar's brother. So of course, you know, I, I look him up, and I should have remembered this because yeah. I'm good at the real names. Yeah. I, I really am. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, that's Jimmy Jack Funk. So now my brain's exploded because I'm like, okay, this is Jimmy Jack Funk, and I should have seen it because I can kind of recognize the face, same kind of hair, yeah. And it's Art Bar's brother, and I'm like, well, I I never knew that part of it, right? And I'll I'll be completely honest, I pride myself on being like a next level fan, but that one just completely <laughs> like if I heard that, I forgot about You're it. You're still going on about it because yeah, yeah, when we were watching the match, because you didn't look that up because it was bugging you, yeah, you didn't look it up till like halfway through the match, and yeah. we were because we were noticed the match was good, yeah, uh, a lot of good submission psychology yeah. with both both the guys like yeah. back and forth, and it was like a really good build to the match. And yeah. we, I was commenting on some of the stuff that Jesse Barr was doing, like real subtle, like cheating. Yeah. Like he would really subtly use the ropes where if you weren't paying attention, you didn't see it. Yeah. Or like a little hair pull after a distraction or something. It was done really, really well. And we were like, hey, I like this guy. And then you looked him up and you found that he was uh, uh, Jimmy, Jack, Jimmy Funk. Jack Funk. And I hate Jimmy and Jack like, Funk. I hate Jimmy Jack Funk. And it freaked you out. You were like going on for like the rest of the match. But I discovered something. Yeah. I, l- I really like Jesse Barr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and he's got a mouth on him too. Like Jimmy Jack Funk had a mouth on him, but he was all like, ah, 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 and he was right. just cop. I mean, he was just a copping all the great Texan wrestlers. He yeah. was copping the funks and he was copping Stan Hansen. But when he was his own guy there, really, man, right. he had something yeah. there. So maybe, maybe I've been using, you know, I will now, when I see a Jimmy Jack Funk match, I will, I right. will really give it a, a decent eye. Right. With fresh eyes. Maybe yeah. it won't, I won't be so clouded, but my initial thing is like, F Jimmy Jack Funk. But of course, like different people, wrestlers in different segments of their career, I like them. And then in other segments, I don't like them yeah. at all. And I go <laughs> back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Orton, Randy Orton's Randy one of those Orton. guys. <laughs> yeah, like, I should have hit him first. Yeah, yeah I'll sorry. go back and watch those matches. Like, yeah, I really do like Orton at this time. Yeah, but I watch him now. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> so it, I'm sure it's probably the same with I, I, with I, Jimmy Jack Funk and I Jesse guess. Barr as well. Yeah, and not that he he also had a rep, you know, like yeah. the infamous rocker story. You guys can go look that up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but that man and and freaking Graham, like you know, yeah. and, you know, I was talking about his history of being a Booker and everything while the match was going on. Uh, and, you know, for a guy that could get booked at any time because the Grams were like Florida royalty in wrestling, but he at least had the damn skills, even if he didn't have the look. And, and Mike Graham did not have the look. Yeah. But that guy could go. Yeah. And so any kind of like shit people could give him about how he's in the business, once that bell rings, he's he's good to go. Right. And Jimmy Jack good i mean they just had a really good chemistry in this match yeah this is definitely i will say right now a match you should go watch for sure yeah when you look it up on the network because it's and it's the first one i have to recommend heavily exactly I, this card. I agree this one gets recommendations from both of us yeah i don't and even want to i, I kind of don't want to spoil, don't spoil it no okay. All right. no i think there's certain things like that you that you need to talk about to make it important but sure. I, I don't feel like the result will yeah. really yeah steer my recommendation you should just watch the match yeah watch i the think match. more people in this case 
will be more likely to watch it because of that also cool our recommendation should be enough it should be but i don't want to why are you listening to this if not and this won't happen every time but i say yeah let's just let it go all right let it go all right well moving along uh next up is a tag team elimination match uh although it wasn't it was kind of a cop-out really Uh, the zambui express (laughs) consisting of elijah akeem and kareem muhammad with their manager Paul Jones, basically two big giant guys versus Assassin Number One and Buzz Tyler. Yeah, like okay, I, I, and I've never heard of Buzz Tyler. I, that, yeah. that, he was a new one. That, a lot of a lot of debuts for me in this yeah. card so far. And I'm an old school guy, so I'm kind of like baffled by yeah. some of this stuff. But and also baffled by the apparent babyface turn of Assassin One. Right, the assassins <laughs> should always be heels yeah, he with cheered. no exception yeah. and somehow there was a fall and, and also the other thing about mask guys right especially in this era i'm not gonna i'm not even talking about the modern era here but in this era like there's no personality there ergo they really shouldn't have these major storylines where they're showing any right. kind of personalities yeah they are just assassins chris yeah, it's just a filler guy kind of now all of a sudden, like. yeah. Now all of a sudden, assassin one is Mister Personality going after his <laughs> evil bad guy manager. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I, I guess people were really buying into it though. He, he got a great he got reaction. A, yeah, he got a good reaction. Yeah, this match blows though. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know any is. other way to say it. Um, and I was intrigued by the stipulation, and then they just, they just shot it. Yeah, to hell. I always like tag team elimination matches, yeah. but. In the big cop-out when something like this happens, Elijah Akeem and Buzz Tyler are fighting outside the ring, and the ref counts them out. Yeah. And then, then right after... So, two guys eliminated right away. There's no fall there. Yeah, but it's in like two minutes yeah. also. I mean, there was like almost no time for it to breathe. And then right after that, so it's the Assassin 1 and Kareem are in the ring, and Assassin 1 is, like, draped on the ropes. Yeah, he's, like, blown up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buzz Tyler is outside the ring. He pushes Assassin 1 up off the ropes, gets him on his feet, and then he just kind of falls over onto Kareem. It was like an gets, NBA tip in. Yeah. yeah. So there was no move. He just <laughs> no. fell on him, and yeah. that, that was the three count. Not even a splash. And yeah. he didn't even get hurt that bad. I mean, there wasn't even any yeah. big move that I noticed that really knocked this guy out. Mm. And that's the match. That's it. And even the announcers were... Uh, Confused. Were, Bob Cottle didn't see the finish. Because he kept saying, okay, now Buzz and Elijah are going to get in there and, and go at it. And yeah. he didn't realize they had been counted out. It could, Gordon Soley had to like tell him, like, hey, no, this match is over. <laughs> he should At least he didn't do what Jesse did to Gorilla like a four. Like, you're too busy stuffing hot dogs in your mouth. <laughs> and... Yeah, I think Bob Cottle was as interested in this match as I was, but and Bob Cottle was getting paid that night. Right. I didn't get paid to watch this. Yeah, yeah some of the when they would I go technically back, lost money. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> when they would go back up to the booth, sometimes Cottle especially would just like look like he didn't want to be there. They kind of they looked a lot more bored on the yeah. you know. And, Soli doesn't really have much expression ever no. on his face, but no. Cottle was just kind of like looking to the side. And, yeah. uh, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that was that. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. It was a bad match. Yeah. And I, I hate, and I'm such a tag team wrestling fan, bad tag match really just knocks yeah. me out. So, yes, please move on. <laughs> and then right after that, I think Dusty was put to sleep by this match too, because right after <laughs> that... He was watching the show, yeah. you're right. I didn't even make that correlation. That's brilliant. Because <laughs> we go to the back with uh, Shivani, and he's got Dusty Rhodes in the in the, in the the locker room, and Dusty is re- just slumped over. He's got like a jacket halfway draped across his, his body, his head's up against the wall, and even yeah. when Shivani's like got the mic down to interview him, he doesn't raise his head. He just talks from that position. He's got his, these big glasses on and everything. Yeah. And by that look, you would expect this like real docile Dusty Rhodes promo, mm-hmm. but I don't think those words ever yeah. come up when it I think for, Dusty. for a Dusty promo it kind of was I think but he still got in a lot of stuff yeah, it's still way more high energy than anybody else yeah really and uh yeah it's like that there's an ongoing backstage feud apparently between Dusty and Shivani tonight right which yeah. will culminate yeah. later on <laughs> but so. before that next up is another title match the Brass Knuckles title match <laughs> Raging Bull who is one half of the tag team champions Versus Black Bart, who is the Brass Knuckle Champion with his manager, J.J. Dillon. Everybody got that? Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff there. Yeah, yeah the great Manny Fernandez. Another guy I know 
via world. Actually, both of these guys were world class guys in, in my head. So this was fun, and a payoff. We uh, back in the day of the old wrestling house show episodes. It seemed like when we did a history on somebody or things you should we just do like things you should know about this person and why you should care. Yeah. And I, I want to say it was like a Tony Atlas profile that we did, and like one of his credentials was he was a former Brass Knuckles champion. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. Like they used to do that. You see that every once in a while. I've seen yeah. it in Japan too. There's yeah. Brass Knuckles title, I think, in like some of the like FMW or Wing or yeah. some of those promotions. But it's all it's mostly all those, especially in America, as it yeah. concerns, it's all those old school guys, right? And it's like, man, they used to do that. That's interesting. Like, yeah. Obviously, it's their hardcore title right. of, the, of the time. Yeah. And, I was intrigued by this for a long time. This is actually the first of uh, top to bottom brass knuckles championship match I've seen. Oh, yeah. So that was yeah, it, it kind of stands as just neat on principle. So right. I'm already ready. I'm ready to enjoy this. Yeah. And I know it's going to be violent. I mean, it has to be, right? <laughs> it has to be. It's not it's not such a bloody affair. I mean, it's it's They both bleed. They both bleed, but like I I, I think Starcade 83 got me back on the blood like I'm desensitized once again. <laughs> yeah. So but that being said, what do you think of the match, Chris? It was okay. It was a bunch of punching. Yeah, I mean, punch. light punch, like you would expect from something like this. Because, unfortunately, despite the name of the belt, there were no brass knuckles in this match. <laughs> yeah. It's like you said; it's just their excuse for or their name for hardcore rules. Yeah, you can throw a guy over the top rope. Ooh, <laughs> <You're> right, <laughs> taping up the fist. Their, their, their fists were taped up pretty good. They had yeah. big tape wads on their knuckles so they could yeah. punch each other. Yeah, right. Maybe I should be disappointed. No brass knucks. <laughs> I'm changing my vote on this match. But it was it was a fine match. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. It yeah. was it was it was pretty good. I yeah. would say both guys are pros. Both guys yeah. uh, brawling reps, you know. But yeah. uh, they you know good personalities for the early '80s. So you know, yeah. had a lot riding on it and going into it. So yeah, yeah it, it was it wasn't bad. I I don't wholeheartedly recommend it, but no. it's not a complete waste of time either. So mm, right there and right there yeah. in the middleish. I'd, yeah, thumbs, I'd in, say, thumbs in the middle going a little bit down. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, that's where I am at. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Raging Bull did actually come out of this with double gold. So yeah, he's yeah, tag champ right. and brass knucks champ because he did beat Black Bart by Bart called for the rope um, from the like the, J- the, the lasso from yeah, the, JJ Dillon. Yeah. And so when he goes to toss it in, that's a distraction. And Raging Bull actually, off that distraction, gets a roll up on. Uh, Black Bart and gets the gets the pin. Yeah, and you were talking about how subtle Jesse Barr's cheating was. Yeah, but there's a little bit of subtlety in this pin that I noticed mm. that should be talked about because okay. if anybody ever did this, this is a great move and it's realistic because mm-hmm. the way he rolls him up, he doesn't have him in the atypical O'Connor roll, even though it's a variation. Mm, sort of. Yeah. He has he has straddled one of his legs literally, so. That means that if Black Bart's kicking out, he gets a knee right his, in the testicles. His crotch is going right into a Raging Bull's knee. So yeah. he's got him dead to right. So if you kick out, you're going to regret it. I think that was more of a... I don't think that was planned. <laughs> Come I on, give he, Manny the benefit of a doubt. Right, he the guy's it. a legend. It's the Raging Bull O'Connor role yes. variation. And uh, I, I can't help but say, since he was bleeding of the face, that the bull ru- was truly seeing red. Yes. So, that's a great way to say, move on to the next match. <laughs> uh, after this, we got an intermission. I think it was here, because we <laughs> yeah. had some interview segments. It was like Seven-minute intermission. Yeah, and like, nothing <laughs> really... We were kind of talking about this as the show was going. Like The pacing of shows of this nature are so different back then mm-hmm. compared to today. Yeah. At this point, before an intermission, you would have some sort of like super exciting something happen. And sure. I guess the brass knuckles match could have been that. Sure. But it kind of wasn't a guy won two titles. It's right. Something at least. Yeah. But <laughs> there was no like build up and then intermission. It was just kind of like steady yeah. average, average ish matches and then stop. Yeah. So, uh, but we got to hear from Steamboat, and they showed that they showed the finish from the previous year of the race flare match. Yeah, and they did it at the top of the show too. Yeah, and I compared that to like Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, <laughs> right? Where yeah. they show you the finish of the previous, right? And then they kick into the new one. Or I mean, Halloween was... Part Two. Yeah, 
Yeah, like any any great slasher, just yeah. take note. And that's what they did because yeah. it is a sequel, and that was the first ever wrestling sequel is Starcade. All right, yeah, yeah in, a, in a sense, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Makes sense. <laughs> but back from intermission, we go right into the tuxedo street fight. Whoa! <laughs> so not a great second half of the show opener, I don't think. It was a Paul Jones with one half of the Zambui Express, I think it was Kareem, versus Jimmy Valiant, Boogie Woogie, whatever, Jimmy Boogie Valiant. Boogie Woogie Man, yeah. yeah. With Assassin number one. And yes. Assassin was, was also back. in a, yeah, the <laughs> Assassin was also in a tuxedo. Yes, they're all back. Yeah. That Jimmy Valiant looks a lot like that guy that was on Starcade 83. Right. Looks a lot like Charlie yeah. Brown. But I, I love the fact that Assassin 1 actually matched Jimmy in his tuxedo yeah <laughs> like assassin one coming out of the tuxedo that's pretty funny it's that like that's... moral support you know? sure yeah. sports entertainment right yeah. so kareem must have felt like vastly underdressed at this point because <laughs> yeah. he's, still in, his, yeah, he's still in like his camo with his like knee pads and stuff yeah, yeah exactly so but that was yeah. the most entertaining part of this match for me yeah yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically, it was just a no disqualification match, and they were wearing tuxedos. And Jimmy Valiant, who's an accomplished pro wrestler and and damn fine brawler mm-hmm. and personality, feels the need <laughs> to completely cheat from the onset. Right. And and not that Paul, you know, I didn't see this story going in because right. there obviously has to be some sort of beef between these right. guys. Yeah, because Paul Jones obviously doesn't want to wrestle. He's it immediately goes to the corner. like, stay away. Like, and, don't but, touch me. So I guess Jimmy gets some sort of string or rope or twist tie or something and, mm-hmm. and ties Paul Jones' neck around the top rope. Yeah. And just proceeds to punch him for a good two or three minutes and at the same time, stripping him of all of his clothes. Yes. So by the time he gets out of this predicament, he is completely stripped except for his black underwear slash trunks yeah. and his socks and shoes. Which, in my day, that means tuxedo match over. Right. And, and we get a reprieve from all of this horribleness. Yeah, but no, it, it kept going. It kept going. <laughs> so apparently we have to have a pin here. Yeah, it was pin. Uh, Paul Jones does... Uh, he obviously blades at one point yeah. when he's outside the ring. You can see, like, the camera's fully on him and he has his hand up on the cut on his head to make it bleed more. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's pretty obvious. And, of course, uh, like many matches on this show, it didn't end with anything clean. J.J. Uh, Dillon actually interjects himself and has something in his hand i don't know what it was it, to me it looked like a can of braid or <laughs> spray paint you know it, it was yeah. like a big aluminum cylinder can or something, or something. Yeah. yeah and he hits uh, valiant on the head with it thus giving paul jones the victory yeah uh, dylan is all over the show yeah. he is the star of this show yeah he's in more segments than he isn't i think yeah absolutely yeah. he's, he's I think he had more actual on-screen time yeah. than Ric Flair did. Oh, easily, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Moving on, though. Moving right along, another title match, the Mid-Atlantic title, Dick Slater versus Cowboy Ron Bass, who is the Mid-Atlantic champion with J.J. Dillon. J.J. Dillon. And once again, it, and from only knowing Dillon from the inception of the Horseman... I've always known J.J. Dillon as a manager of classy guys or like, right. you know, the highfalutin guys. Not these cowboys and brawlers and right. misfits. It's so weird. Like, yeah. that that is what Paul Jones does. Like, mm. I, I, I've always seen Paul Jones as that, but Dillon, they were basically, he was just doing the same exact thing at this point. So he hadn't yet evolved. He's getting there. Yeah. Because you'll see shades of it here later on, obviously, sure. but... It's weird seeing him manage Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. all I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. but, and I had this match, just by the booking itself, I had this match built up in my head. Like, this is this is probably going to be a really good gem, yeah. really good underrated match. And I think my brain probably hurt my enjoyment of this match overall, <laughs> honestly. Because, yeah. uh, and it's also weird, once again, seeing Dick Slater work babyface. I, it's... It, I, I did compare Dean Ambrose at one point yeah. during this match because I'm like, this is what he does now because he's right. wild and wacky and unpredictable and he brawls a lot. Exactly what Dean Ambrose does. So I guess yeah. that that was kind of ahead of its time because per, Slater's personality is not 
a one of a typical baby face right. even in 1984 oh yeah so it's interesting to watch and maybe like i said maybe maybe he is kind of watching those yeah old dick slayer yeah matches. and even even me not being as familiar with dick slayer matches or his personality i could see that like when you even before you had said that i kind of was thinking that because just because like some of the mannerisms i guess yeah it did facial kind of, expressions yeah, even yeah. those little things yeah. it did kind of remind me of some of what Ambrose kind of is is doing right now. Yeah, yeah. So, but what did you think of this match, Chris? Like I said, I was kind of my brain kind of skewed my. I would get an honest opinion. It was okay. okay. It wasn't. I wasn't wasn't blown away by it. It was it was mid mid level mid mid card. I think. Yeah. And the finish doesn't help either. Yeah, that that was a big part of it because at one point they're in the corner and Slater is punching Ron Bass in the corner and the referee obviously doesn't like it so Slater takes it upon himself to shove the referee outside the ring and they continue the match with the, with no referee um, Slater has Bass down for a pinfall referee gets back in there's no count referee just stops the match and of course Ron Bass wins by disqualification yeah yeah stereotypical TV main event yeah. As far as, you know, especially of that time. So, yeah, it's hard to really rank this match that high. Yeah. We'll see where it ranks at the end of the show. Yes, we will. That's, that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> Next up, uh, we get the national anthem in the middle of the show for some reason. <laughs> no, no, we got it because of the match coming up. Oh, yeah. That was the whole bit. Oh, that's there. right. Yeah, but still. But it's still dumb. Yeah. yeah like, that that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's. I mean, that's the way I guess I felt like when it started happening. I was like, why are they doing this in the middle of the show? Like, shouldn't that be at the beginning so we can skip yeah. it and get to the wrestling? Like my, my finger, somehow my finger slipped on the remote at right. this point yeah. and fast forwarded like two minutes ahead. It, it I'm was, sorry about that, by the way. It was the national anthem played on a trumpet or i think it was a trumpet that's what it sounded like <laughs> yeah it totally was on a trumpet yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, but it's because the match coming up was ole anderson and keith larson with don Cronodal, who we remembered was the guy from starcade 83 who in the, used within the crowd who used to be the partner of sergeant slaughter yes anyway yeah. all i gathered from this is Cronodal got injured by Probably Ivan Koloff. Yeah, probably Ivan Koloff, because they're facing Ivan Koloff and Nikita Koloff versus Ole Anderson and Keith Larson, who was a friend of Cronodal or something. I don't know. Something to that effect. And they're related Ole, And Ole handpicked him to be his partner, because yeah. Ole could have picked anybody, apparently, but he picked this guy. And I never heard of Keith Larson. This is a yeah. Keith Larson debut for <laughs> me, once again. A lot of debuts. So it's basically a grudge match because Cronodal got hurt. Yeah, that's all you need to know. And I guess the Koloffs are like their first month in, I'm assuming at this point because I just I looked at a card beforehand and it was not consistent with Nikita and Ivan being a team. So yeah. I'm assuming this is their probably one of their first major appearances. And all you have to be at this point is Russian, right? <laughs> I mean this that works. Yeah, you're you're in. And it's interesting. I guess Nikita might be pretty green at this point because he was not working that match at all in the onset like Ivan gets like what the first 10 minutes of this match I would say for the about the first third of the match probably it was all Ivan Koloff and he got beat up he got pretty much destroyed yeah. by Ole and Keith they were tagging in and out and he was just singled out and he couldn't he just got beat up for that first third of the match and then Nikita does get in and he puts on a bear hug on Ole I think it was yeah. for a good long time too yeah. so they were, had a nice shot of that back like they really yeah. put that over like even like Soli was like look at the muscles on yeah. that guy it's, it's such a specimen yeah well yeah because they had that shot like the shot <laughs> centered right on his back and his back is massive yeah huge guy yeah but, Nikita was no slouch that's for yeah. damn sure I mean he, he definitely got better down the road too and yeah. you'll see that in the upcoming shows and then but after those couple segments the match does pick up and i, I it's a good match i, I think like it was, it. yeah yeah and this is where this is where the show definitely turns yeah i mean this match despite the weirdness of the intro piece yeah uh this is where the show turns to being like okay this feels like a special show now yeah. You know, and no offense to any of the other workers, right. but yeah, this is this is where it gets good. And after Anderson and Larson were kind of dominating early on the match, yeah. the Koloffs really kind of took over mm -hmm. the match. And Larson, in particular, kind of showed kind of inexperience. I think because they were, I think they were talking about like he wasn't as uh, experienced as the other guys in the ring, and it, right. it kind of showed through. Right. And but in it, like not. I don't mean that to mean that he was bad in the match. No, I mean to no, show he was that fine. He was, he was competent. Yeah, that yeah. that he was getting 
he was getting beat up more, I yeah. guess is what I'm trying to say. A great, great heel move, too, during this, which I've never seen before, and obviously I've never seen it work before at the same time. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ivan Koloff, he sees that Larson, I think, is going to get in the ring mm-hmm. during that bear hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... But he's also teasing, like, he, I'm standing up on the second rope now, climbing oh, yeah. up to the third. And the referee sees him, but then Ivan just goes, hey, look, Keith Larson's trying to get in the <laughs> ring now, too. Keith Larson does not have the kind of jump-in position, potentially, right. that Ivan Koloff does. Yet the referee goes and checks on right. Keith Larson, just so Ivan can get the double axe handle on Oli while he's in a ba- uh, bear hug. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. And as soon as he hits the move, and of course he turns around and doesn't see it, the referee, I mean. Mm. I'm not sure if it was Tommy Young or Hebner. Yeah. But Ivan Koloff is like standing like on all fours. <laughs> He's in the ring, and, yeah. And he it looks like he just got in though. Right. Like, hey you <laughs> I saw that. Give get out of the right. ring. I just I thought that was so cool. Yeah. I've never seen an over uh, off the top rope cheat work like that before. Right. It was so funny. It was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, I just had visions of the WrestleMania one match that hasn't happened yet at this point in right. time between, you know, Sheik and Volkov yeah. and the US Express. It has yeah. that kind of feel to it. Yeah. It's a format that was, you know, running wild at right. that point. So that's all. And and same and a lot of shenanigans, much like this match at the end of the match, yeah. especially. Shenanigans, so. uh, Nikita and Oli were outside the ring at, at the towards the end of the match and Ivan had something. I don't know what he had. He yeah. had some sort of sort of foreign object that he hit. It's the night of the invisible objects. Yeah, <laughs> well, because it was a wide shot and you couldn't yeah. really see. It was something big. I yeah. couldn't tell what it was though. Yeah. So he hit Keith Larson with it, and the ref didn't see it, of course. And so Ivan Koloff gets the pin on Keith Larson. Once again, NWA production tactics there. They don't go wide enough during Paul Jones's underwear bit, right? But they go wide during the object, uh, right? Yeah. Many little nitpicking, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but then Kernodal is obviously angry because this was supposed to be his revenge. He gets yes. in the ring and starts wailing on the Russians with his crutch, but he's moving around in the ring pretty well for an injured guy with <laughs> a crutch. Of, so. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, even, I didn't even think about that until you just said it. Well, Soli and Cottle actually kind of mentioned that too. He's like, "Oh, he's moving around pretty like he must not be as injured as we thought." Yeah. Something to that effect. Does a crutch ever make it out? And one piece. I, it's like a trophy. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the yeah. trophy and the crutch. They, they they will go down. Yeah. So, longest match of the show, too, by the way. Mm. And yeah. Clock's in a little over 15 minutes. So, the these matches aren't very long at all for a three-hour show. No, because there were a bunch of them. But next up is the first of two title matches with money on the line as well. This is kind of, sort of another grudge match, I guess. But it's for the TV title... Yeah. Ricky Steamboat versus the champion Tully Blanchard, and both men put ten thousand of their own dollars on the line. Winner take all. Yes. Title and the money, no DQ. And if Tully Blanchard tries to run, then Steamboat gets the title. Yeah, so it's kind of like um, Province of Quebec rules. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'll trust you. It's on one that. of my favorite stipulations. It's <laughs> so stupid, but it it does work to the uh, challenger's advantage. Yeah. Let's just say. Uh, but yeah, man, on paper, when I saw that this was going to be on the show, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this match. How could this possibly disappoint? No. You think I'm setting up for some sort of like drop there? Feels no. like it. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, this is, these are the guys you call yeah. for your show when you know you have a main event that everybody wants to see. This sounds like a certain other card that was in a big stadium a few years later. <laughs> and uh, you get a Ricky Steamboat in there. <laughs> Right <laughs> for a secondary title, but an yeah. important title at the time. And, Maybe uh, the Ricky Steamboat, I think. Yeah, against uh, this other guy who is a great heel, <laughs> and uh, very fun to watch in the ring. You strike gold. You, you're mm-hmm. just going to strike gold every time. Yeah. This is this is for you out there that are listening to us to cherry pick the event. Um, yeah, this is one you want to watch yeah. for sure. These guys, and I mentioned this to Chris beforehand. It's like. A lot of people think that uh, Shawn Michaels, when he was growing up, yeah, he he did want to emulate Ric Flair, and he loved Ric Flair, but you ask him who his favorite wrestler was, and he will say Tully Blanchard. That's awesome. So, watching these two guys in there, it's like wrestling surgery. It's it's brilliant. It was it was really good. Yeah, I agree. Definitely recommended match. Do you not want to spoil the, the finish? 
I would like to not spoil the finish because it's so good, and that might surprise people when they see it, that yeah. I think that that's a good finish. But let's just say, sort of like how you referred to how Jesse Barr worked earlier in the show. Sure. The subtlety. Yeah, because I missed it the first Blink time. and you miss. Yeah. Blink and you miss yeah. this. So that's slightly spoiling, but <laughs> yeah, watch this match. And that's all I can say. J.J. Dillon, uh, now really... By managing Tolly, you see where this is all going at right. a point. And I believe by this time next year, we will be into horseman territory. But until then, we have more matches to cover. We have two more matches, two more title matches. Uh, next one up is for the U.S. heavyweight title. <laughs> this is superstar Billy Graham versus Chief Wahoo McDaniel. McDaniel is the current U.S. champ. Now, you uh, just strictly for Chris out there, and not the listeners... I may be beating a dead horse here, mm. but are you positive, Chris? Because I saw this guy at WrestleMania too. Are you sure that that wasn't G. Gordon Liddy? And uh, are, are you positive that that was the guy we saw wrestle tonight? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm gonna have to go with Gordon Soley on this one. Because yeah, if he says it's true, then it's true. Because mustached superstar Billy Graham yeah. is a jacked up G. Gordon Liddy. It, it's super it, funny. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> Anyway, and I, I just I will take any opportunity also to trash superstar Billy Graham because I think he's a piece of crap personally, All right. uh, which actually helped my enjoyment of this match. How about yeah. that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a really short match. This, this might be the shortest match on the show. I think. Yeah, just slightly not. Oh, it's really? the second shortest match. It's eighteen seconds longer mm. than the Brian Adias match. Oh, okay. Mister and Mister uh, oh, really? Ito. Yeah. All right. You know, right. Four minutes versus four eighteen, and uh, before Superstar Billy Graham came out, Soli was really putting over the fact that not only a superstar, but I don't even know if they mentioned that he was a former world champion because of the different companies. Mm, yeah, but they were like, not only is he you know bodybuilder wrestler, he's really into karate and martial arts. <laughs> I said, this is the Dirk Diggler biography. Yeah, right. But then <laughs> we were talking about that, and I said, I'm not used to. Uh, Billy Graham coming out, I'm used to imposing, and he yeah, did that. Yeah. He did that a lot. Right. And now he's all like, hi ya. He's doing he's doing the like Ricky Steamboat uh yeah. chop thing, like when he poses and does yeah. the thing to the side. And yeah, when you were talking about that, it just talking about him doing it in the ring, kind of like play acting at karate. You're like, oh, I know karate, and like yeah. doing it all the time. Yeah. It reminded me of like Elvis Presley, like doing like <laughs> yeah. kicks and like little yeah. chops. It's the, same, it's the same kind of yeah. thing. They're two guys that were like on top of the world, and now they're like, yeah. <laughs> no disrespect to Elvis, but yeah, yeah. that was ridiculous, right. and he's not. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly, you nailed it. Yeah, so, so thank it was just—it's just funny, like because he's not doing martial arts; he's just doing <laughs> like not great wrestling. Because he's—he's not very mobile. I mean, he's jacked, but he's not very mobile. <laughs> Guy makes Glacier look like Jackie Chan. You know? This is like, it's, oh, whoa, yeah. And, and Wahoo gives off this knife edge chop. Early in the match, it sounds like a shotgun going off. <laughs> yeah, like, badass. I think it was the first one he gave. And he's yeah. like, whoa, kind of woke everybody up. But what hurts the match is that, well, I'll just say it, mm. Wahoo wins the match with a knife-edge chop. Yeah, a standing <laughs> chop in the middle of the ring. As he's running, as Graham's running towards yeah. him. But, and that, yeah, that finishes him. Yeah. <laughs> and and Sully calls it a tomahawk chop. I said, yeah. as far as I know, a tomahawk chop is a over like side hand chop to like the top of the yeah, head like from above off, at least off of the second rope yeah to me that is a true tomahawk chop or what right. is it or, or jumping yeah like in the ring kind of yeah. right but he beat superstar Billy Graham yeah. within 4 minutes and 18 seconds and I and, laughed and, my ass and off and Wahoo kind of booked it out of there like he grabbed his belt he didn't wait to get his hand raised he got out of the ring and just left yeah so. for, all, for all I know at that point in time he had another match like 2 hours later in right. the next town yeah so, <laughs> USA. <laughs> but, yeah, so that happened. And then next up was the $1 million NWA World Heavyweight title match. Again, winner take all, money and the belt. It is Dusty Rhodes versus the three-time at the time champion Ric Flair. And Dusty was merely a two-time champion yeah. at this point. 
Plus, we've got ringside judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Kyle Petty? Yeah, yeah, Kyle Petty, the NASCAR yeah. racer, right. son of Richard Petty, who I even know that's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, who was the other guy? Duke Kiyomoka? I yes, thank you. Name. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. A former Japanese pro wrestler. Yeah, I'm not who I'm not familiar with. Yeah, and special referee, Smoking Joe Frazier. Yes, who? Wow, that backstage promo, eh? Yeah, right before the match, they talked. They spoke with Duke, Kyle, and Joe, and uh, he, it was a little difficult to understand what Joe was talking about. Right. We, you could get it though. Yeah. You know. I said. He's, he's a former boxing heavyweight champion, and that's what you need to know about You're that right. promo. Mm-hmm. Still more, and uh, I could at least get half of that out and, and understand it. At yeah. least it wasn't Leon Sphinx. Actually, this might have been better if Leon Sphinx had been <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 all the lights go out in the arena yeah. for the entrances, because we're just <laughs> yeah. now... You know, you could see in the last year's Starcade, we're getting into show business entrances and all mm-hmm. that. And the, <laughs> they put the lights out and they set off one damn firework, <laughs> yeah. which was is supposed to elicit excitement. Right. <laughs> and it did the exact opposite. It elicited, what did you say, terror? <laughs> Screams of terror. <laughs> yes. It was like, that typical, there's always like that one female in the crowd that screams like off in the distance in every single wrestling show ever yeah and that's what happened here you hear the pop and then you that one lady like 10 sections over to the left screams it was great (laughs) that was the only reaction that there was because there was nothing else to it it was that pop and then it was just black yeah and they didn't they didn't do anything yeah it's like show's over yeah gotta go go, yeah but no we need to have this match for a million dollars okay now this is a match been building up all year mm. i mean at the very end of that's the weird thing that they didn't sh- they showed the finish of the race flare match from right. 83 but they didn't show dusty Rhodes going up to rick flair backstage and going hey buddy right that's my shot yeah they didn't show that once yeah that was kind of weird yeah so but so once again building the matchup for a whole year million dollars on the line judges at ringside special referee Again, for the second time, which you know how, if you listen to our Starcade 83 uh, recap and review, then you know how we felt about that. Yes. And it's their biggest show of the year. And, you know, it's Flair Rhodes. So, like, I'm already like, okay, well, if anything's going to beat the the TV title match, this is going to be it. Because this is a classic, legendary rivalry sure there's no doubt about it yeah. Flair Rhodes is like what you could do a thesis on why people watch pro wrestling and right. it's this rivalry right working class guy against you know oh yeah well to do guy I'm better than you and yeah. and you know I'm the man of the people and all this stuff and you know they have the match you expect I've seen quite a handful of Flair Rhodes matches but I guess uh, maybe I've seen this match, but I don't remember seeing it now because, wow, I did not see that coming from a mile away. I, I When Flair and Rhodes are in the ring together, I expect blood. I ex- expect a lot of it. It doesn't even matter if they're in a cage or not. Right. Those guys like to bleed on each other. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and they're also capable of complete, awesome, sports entertainment-esque, catch-as-catch-can classics. Mm-hmm. I've seen them wrestle and not bleed. Yeah. So, but that being said... Rhodes starts bleeding about halfway through the match because he gets thrown to the pole. Yeah. And then wackiness ensues. Yeah. And he started, he bled pretty good right from the start. Like, it was down his face and down his entire upper body, like, right away when he was outside before he even got back into the ring. Yeah. And um, I know, like, it makes sense. Like, what happened afterward makes sense because Joe Frazier is a boxer and he's used to boxing rules and. So, as soon as Dusty gets back into the ring, he's automatically checking the eye. Yeah. He's, he's holding off um, um, Flair and, and saying, like, wait, I have to look at this. And he's, he's making sure that he's okay to go. Yeah. And, and Dusty's pissed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, every, like it's Dusty. like Joe at 
takeover yeah, in uh, 2016. Yeah. It's it's uh, it reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. Um, because yeah, because he kept st- Frazier kept stopping the match to yeah. to check on his eye, yeah. and that eventually did lead to the finish. I think we kind of have to talk about the we, finish. We, we do one. because I, I honestly think uh, watcher beware kind of thing. Yeah, because it ends on Frazier calls the match because he deems that Dusty can't continue because the cut's too bad. Yeah. All of a sudden, he calls for the bell. Bell rings. People gasp. Yeah. And then, like two seconds later, he raises Flair's hand. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. So it's it's super dramatic, and yeah. it really is. It comes out of nowhere. I it just does, can't imagine, yeah. like, because you're not used to it. You, I mean, watching wrestling and people bleed, like, yeah, and especially you, at that time. Yeah. But it, knowing immediately, I was like, "Well, this makes complete sense," yeah. and this is actually. I, I'm surprised that they booked it like that, with it being built up for a year and that it yeah. was for a million dollars and for the yeah. title and it's these two guys yeah i that, was surprised they did that but it makes perfect sense the way the way that they did it i should yeah, say well, i'm not i'm not saying it doesn't make sense because yeah. i i will act i will completely agree with you on that yeah. i am just saying and then yeah i know get in there joey and do it yourself but that match should have been twice as long yeah to justify that finish in my opinion those guys need to be working at least twenty minutes because that yeah. doesn't that did not build a violent, bloody he can't continue thing. Those guys are just getting warmed up at twelve minutes, Chris. Oh, I know that. Joe Frazier doesn't know that. Well, I, I realize that. But, I mean, it's and he didn't even know that. He probably didn't even know that was fixed. <laughs> but <laughs> damn it, like that's, that's... I want at least twenty minutes of Flair Rhodes or headline on the card, and that is that is just that's almost inexcusable for that I, era. I get that mentality, but at the same time, I'm kind of torn on that because at the same time, I'm like, the longer they, I see you shaking your head at me. Rip the, off. <laughs> the longer they go. <laughs> The worse I feel when there's a finish like that. Like, if they go, if they have this amazing 30 minute match and it ends because someone got their eye cut, I'm more pissed than if it goes 10 minutes and they end it. Oh, I've seen that match, and you'll see matches like this down the road. But to me, you have to raise the intensity at a fever pitch to even make that call as rip offy as that sounds. Once you see a match do that and go double that time, it's a better match. Yeah. It just is. I'm yeah. sorry. I agree with you. I'm kind of playing a little uh, devil's no, okay. advocate here to try I'm, to get that out of you. But I yeah. just wanted to say rip off. <laughs> rip off. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's... But it's still a good match. It, it was a fine match. But it leads to interesting rankings, Chris. So yeah. why, don't we, uh, why don't we go to that? All right. And see, see, if, uh, see if the wrestling gods deem this to be the best match of the night and is it all right so start from the bottom i suppose as we usually do as we do there were 11 matches on this show so at the very bottom of the pack unfortunately is the tag team elimination match the zambui express versus assassin number one and buzz tyler yeah terrible no argument here yeah deserves to be at the bottom uh yeah cop out i think is the 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 uh subtitle for that match um the number 10 match second from the bottom is probably no surprise tuxedo street fight amazing that any show that has a tuxedo street fight where that is not the bottom match but (laughs) there was something that we deemed worse that should say a lot about that stupid tag team elimination (laughs) match um you can see the air quotes as i say that they're right (laughs) hopefully Next up at number nine was the World's Junior Heavyweight title match, Denny Brown versus Mike Davis. Yeah, like I said, it was a nice little match. It was fine. And this is kind of, those those bottom two are the bottom two, and that's the line. Those are like the seller, like the right. seller, uh, like mining corporation matches. Right. <laughs> Um, and I think the finish to the, the junior heavyweight title, the, the thing, it just kind of, it was a weird way to start the show where he gets his shoulder up and it's that fake out pin. Yeah, but coming in at number eight is the second match on the show: Mr. Ito versus Brian Adidas or Adidas. Yes, however you want to call it. Adidas. Yes. And I think the length of the match. I think if the match had gone longer, it probably would have ranked more. Yeah, uh, ranked higher. I mean, right? But, uh, yeah, it just it is. It is what it is. To use a right. overused cliche. Unfortunately, the airplane spin did not take it higher than number eight <laughs> but mr ito got taken higher yes <laughs> coming in at number seven is superstar billy graham versus chief wahoo mcdaniel the u.s yeah. title match 
And even though this match was super short, I said, I, I literally said to Chris, after the three count happened, I said, how high can I rank that on right. principle without being a total dick? Right. <laughs> and that's where it landed. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in at number six is the mid-Atlantic title match, Dick Slater versus Cowboy Ron Bass. Yeah. And That's because fine. of that TV yeah. main event sass, it's right there. Like I said, thumbs in the middle, going a little down. Right. And Next up is the Brass Knucks title match, Raging Bull versus Black Bart. Pretty much as advertised and not a total letdown. Yeah, so lots of that, punches and blood, which yeah. is kind of what, I guess, I guess that's what we expect from Brass Knuckles matches yeah. now. Yeah. Since this is kind of our entire knowledge of Brass Knuckles matches. Yes. Coming in at number four, this is where another line is drawn. These next four are all good matches. Um, this would one you, would you say that that you can justify recommending to the people out there that you should definitely watch these four matches, or are you going to cut it off post four, mm, maybe three or two? I'm going to cut it off. For me personally, I'm going to cut it off post four. So just not making the list, even though it's a good match for me is Ole Anderson and Keith Larson versus Ivan Koloff and Nikita Koloff. Yes. So if you're, if you, I think it's one of those things that if you want to see Ole Anderson still able to work in the ring and also see a very, very young Nikita Koloff, then there's, there is intrigue in here. And of course, you know, the xenophobic thing, uh, you (laughs) know, always helps drama. Of course. Yes. USA, USA, USA. (laughs) Coming in at number three, and definitely making my recommendation list, is the Florida State title match, which we already mentioned was both of our recommendations from this show. Yes, the Seminole match. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mike Graham versus Jesse Barr. Yes. That's a that's a gem. Yeah. I, I like to call that a gem, because it's not obvious, and I don't think anybody expected anything out of no, it. No, I didn't either. And, and, and they spun it into gold. And when we put it at that, because it's early in the show, and when we put it at that ranking, we're like, oh, that's the best match so far. Yeah. And then it kept being the best yeah. match for a long time. A long time. I said, yeah. that was going to be hard to beat. Yeah. And yeah, it, it took it took this next match to go over it. And yeah, so I don't, I don't think there's going to be much of a shock here, but maybe you do a nah. few people, especially nah. the way we talked about it. Right. <laughs> Coming in at number two, no surprise to anyone, is the million-dollar NWA title match, Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. Yes. If it had gone 20 minutes, you could make the argument. I still probably would have gone for our number one match, which is the NWA TV title match, Steamboat versus Tully Blanchard. If you only have time to watch one match from Starcade 1984, watch that match. Oh yeah, highly recommended. And if you want to see a guy steal your main event... A match, away, you know, steal the show away from that main event. Right. I guess you just have to book Ricky Steamboat. I guess you do. Yeah, that's just the only way to do yeah. it. So that's what you do. That guy is a show stealer. Yes, if that, show stealer Hall of Fame. I mean, he's like at the top of the list, right? right. He has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, greatness. Yeah. And man, that finish, that finish blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking about it. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Subtle, yeah. subtle is good. Uh, yeah, I, one one thing I will say, I need to get this one off my chest too. I should have said it while we were talking about the match. At one point, I even said before this match, I said, "You know what match I really wanted to see from this era?" Mm-hmm. And they would never make it happen because both of these guys are predominant baby faces. But I would love to have seen in their primes Ricky Steamboat versus Tito Santana, mm-hmm. two of the great Intercontinental Champions of all time, and just two of the great, you know, baby face, high energy guys. Yeah. And then I noticed um, about two-thirds through the match, this is a slight spoiler, but two-thirds of the way through the match, uh, they do that bit where uh, Tully Blanchard is standing on the apron. You've seen this a lot, especially in this era. And the same way, if you have this reference point in your head, the way that Randy Savage beat Tito Santana for the Intercontinental title, belly-to-back suplex coming from outside the ring into the ring, and then you have something loaded in your hand, like Mm. a foreign object, and you punch the guy in the head as you're... In midair, right, or in mid lift, yeah. shall we say? Now, when Savage did that to Santana, it beat him. When Tully did it to Steamboat, it did not it beat did him. Not. So I guess I know what the winner of my dream matchup would be, and that would be Ricky Steamboat. Sure, if you so I figured yeah, that out yeah. during the course of this match, through logic and science, you figured it out exactly. So. That's what goes on in Joey's brain when he watches these shows sometimes. And I love that I mentioned it at the beginning of that match, and I kind of got a payoff right. halfway through the match. Nice. Awesome. So I, I feel like it was time well spent, Chris. 
It was. It was. We yeah. hope we hope you feel like this was time well spent. Hopefully. <laughs> so yes. So we'll wrap it up here, get the plugs, and we'll get out of here. Sure, you can go to cnjradio.com for the Wrestling House Show and all of our wonderful wrestling stuff that we put on there. Contact us through our Facebook or Twitters or whatever that's linked all from the page. Just go to cnjradio.com for this show and all sorts of other crazy goodness. Yes, and if you social media about a match that you saw on this car that you liked, like the Steamboat Blanchard match, for instance, tell them who told you to watch it. We would appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So until the next show, you guys, have fun. Bye. Everybody was Those cats were fast as Superstar Billy Graham coming at you right now, talking about Starcade 84. Chance of a lifetime, lifetime of a chance. Superstar Billy Graham talking about Wahoo McDaniel. Now you must face the man with the human pythons, the Kung Fu master from Budapest, the Kung Fu master from Calcutta, the Kung Fu master from Hong Kong. I'm a chain belt in Kung Fu. Bruce Lee was my teacher. Watch this. That's called a quarter blood technique. You do that, a quarter blood will drop out of a person's body. There was Punky Jackie Chan on a mission from Hong Kong. He said, here comes the big boss. Let's get it on. The full Nelson superstar Billy Graham cannot be broke by anybody living or alive. Anybody human, mammal, or reptile. Anybody gorilla or man made out of steel cannot break the full Nelson superstar Billy Graham. I mean, you, you beating up on a man? You putting a man in a hospital? How come I don't see no marks on you? Yeah, because I'm a karate man. All right? Karate man. Bruised on the inside, they don't show their weaknesses. Those